we've got a really special episode today. Here on The Final Whistle, we try to put the spotlight and rev up interest in local football. And what better way than to reminisce the good old times? He's one of the best midfielders of his generation. Gota Chuan joins us on this episode. Gota Chuan is in the studio and we speak to him about balancing football and education, the 2004 Tiger Cup win, what really went down with Radi Avramovic, and his proposal for how Singapore football can reinvent itself. Hi and welcome to The Final Whistle, this is Deepan. This is Kabir. Kabir, we've got an interesting episode today, you know, our yes. guest today. From what I've read and from what I've been told, you know, mm. he was an exceptional ball-winning midfielder. Uh, but what really stood up for me as I was actually reading up on him is the fact that he balanced his career with his studies. And, you know, in recent times, of course, we've had uh, Anders Eplin, who, yep. who was an NTU graduate and still made it to the national team. And also we had uh, Joseph Pragasim, who was another one, you mm. know. Uh, it's basically not the easiest of routes, you know, to balance both uh, studies and football. But this is, of course, off the pitch and the mental aspect of it. How was uh, he like on the pitch? On the pitch, it was no nonsense. I think off air, we were talking that he was a bit like Roy Keane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him smiling right Singapore's now. Singapore's Roy Keane, basically. Singapore's Roy Keane. And yeah, I think it was, he was uh, he was an, a good example for us kids like, at the time. Mm-hmm. That we can always balance what we love and what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Especially in Singapore. Yeah, so it's, it's a great pleasure in having him on the show finally. We've been wanting to have him for quite a long time. Yes. Uh, great pleasure introducing Mr. Gota Chuan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, I, I think, um, well, thank you for inviting me to, to this show. I, I, uh, when I saw the message that you want me to come onto the show and I want to know what is your objective, I think what you're doing is fantastic because I think you're bringing a lot of more uh, interest to the local game especially, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is much deserved. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Before we, you know, start off uh, with the podcast itself, you know, one thing I want to ask you and one thing most people who are listening uh, have in mind is what happened to Mr. Gota Chang? Where is he? What is he doing? So <laughs> we can start with that. Well, I think I have uh, totally vanished <laughs> from the, uh, I would say, sports scene. Yep. Right. Uh, I think uh, I have played enough of the game for a long time. Uh, well, the the love of soccer came when I was uh, when when I was kid in primary school, and it was a very natural uh, sports to pick up because everyone in school was playing the game, mm-hmm. right? And you know, it's it's very simple. Is you you have one ball and you have like 30, 40 people chasing after a ball, <laughs> and basically, you you got to stand out to to really take the ball and and do wonders with the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess at that point, I I. I I found that I have certain talent, certain gift, and um, I, you know, never stop uh, playing the game, mm-hmm. and you know, and it, it takes on uh, to different levels okay. as as I as I goes along. Okay, yeah. what what are you up to right now? 
Well, I, I'm the uh, regional sales director for a Norwegian company who specialize in uh, renewable natural gas. Okay. Uh, so very much focus on driving energy transformation mm-hmm. uh, to to a cleaner future. I think we is is well known that uh, today climate change is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the science has proven it, and I'm on a personal quest now to try to uh, drive and try to pitch. Uh, company as well as governments to move into a cleaner future. Mm-hmm. We will get to you know how you ended up with that job maybe later on in the in our conversation. But we we want to start off with football. Uh, when you were in your childhood days, just talked briefly about it, you know playing in school and all. But what was the point uh in your life when you were a kid when you realized that you wanted to play football, uh professionally. You know you want to play football in the S League at that time. When did that uh, opportunity or moment come? Well, I think to to, to start off, I, 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 I didn't play football professionally. Mm-hmm. I was never a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. I was a so-called semi-professional or amateur uh, footballer uh, per se. Uh, the, the, um, the strong interest for me to, to uh, pursue to a national level uh, really came about when uh, during the Malaysia Cup days. So I I grew up watching uh Fandi and his team, Sundramuti, you know, Malaya Wak, you know, Lim Tong Hai, David Lee, you know, playing regularly in at the national stadium. And and I really want, you know, I want to I was envisioning myself one day playing in that that environment. And I was uh was very determined to do so. Uh I I, I knew from young I have certain ball sense and I am able to do certain things with the ball. And I able to take the whole team down at a primary level, so so I guess I I I'm in a way gifted in in uh, in that sense. So I I try to you know provide myself with opportunity to excel in, in that field. So constantly I will be looking out for trials, you know, uh, at the local club level. Uh, and, but prior to that, I need to convince my parents that. I need to uh, that what I do is is uh, is is secondary because my primary focus is really on education. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that they are at uh, they are happy of what I'm doing, and they know that I'm not going to sacrifice education for for sports. So just on that uh, topic, you know, you talk about how you had to convince your parents uh, about letting you play football while you know continuing with your studies. Was that hard to do? I mean, because in in Singapore we know that it's a fine balance. Parents wouldn't want their kids to to take up sports as an avenue because it will detract from their studies. How was it? How hard was it to convince your parents? Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't very that. I mean, it wasn't that difficult. But mm-hmm. I. I think is. Uh, is 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 a balanced act, and I think it, it takes uh, conviction from yourself. You know, not just by talking, but uh, by proving that you can do it. I think uh, I think at a certain level, you know, my parents sort of know that okay, you are mature enough, you know, you are confident enough that you, you know, at some stage they they just have to let you go. So I, I do believe that they believe uh, at um, perhaps when I'm seventeen, eighteen years old, they know that I'm responsible enough to to plan for my future. So. So I, I come, um, and of course, I think uh, at that time, I've, you know, I, I didn't do too bad in studies. 
So to um, and and able to convince them. So you were consistent in your studies from primary school, secondary school, all the way. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't the the brightest of kids, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not also I'm not the uh, the the lowest. The, the lowest of all. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I I'm just I I I like the fact that I'm um you know earn kind of a brownie points to 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 play the game. Mm-hmm. So you know by doing well, I get a sort of uh you know, approvals to to go out and, and play longer in the fields with my friends and all. So it's it's a bit of a motivation for me. So I think that 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 helps helps me a lot in uh in trying to get my mind uh set to you know in to for life because I think in anything you do there's always a uh give and take. Mm-hmm. There will be sacrifice that you you have to take for for you to achieve that. Uh, what you want. Okay. Right. When when did your first big break arrive in terms of uh playing football? I mean, when were you spotted and then like told to go and uh have these trials with the with the teams in Singapore? You know, as much as I would like to think that I'm gifted, but I, I never got spotted in the in the trials. <laughs> okay. You know, it's uh and and uh, it was quite funny because I would go for a lot of trials and and I always end up, you know, being disappointed. Uh, that I'm not selected to the next level. These these trials are like you know the under seventeen level. Yeah, so and- so is at the youth level. Mm. So at youth level, I I I guess you know when you are playing in a in a school, uh, and and uh, you you tend to stand out, and then when you go out of school, then you realize that hey, actually you're here's just a small fry, <laughs> okay, and then you go at a higher level to, you know, to to a national level. Then you know you are really a small fish in a big ocean, and we are just talking about Singapore alone. I mean, let alone looking at Asia or even global. So I wasn't I wasn't outstanding enough, right? And but I, I guess persistence and perseverance uh, came in, and I, I persevered in the in the sports itself. And and one thing leads to another. I was uh, I was in the army, and I was supposed to. Uh, trial. Uh, go for the trial for the Safra team. I I didn't get in at first trial. Uh, I I can still remember the the manager at that time telling me that uh, I was just not. Uh, I don't have the stamina. I don't have the yeah. skill set to to uh to perform at a high level. So, I I guess that I guess I don't know. Maybe ten and a half months of officer training didn't help me in, uh, <laughs> in preparing me for my soccer career, mm. but. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was uh, uh that was uh that was it. But you know, I, I continue to persevere to try, you know, be thick, a little bit thick skin a bit, right? Tr- calling uh the manager for for trials again. Um and then I think eventually he sort of gave up on me and I, you know, asked the outside club to to ride into Safta to try to get me out to re- represent the um the local clubs outside. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I think the uh, Safra knows that uh, uh perhaps I have some hidden talent in me. Okay, so when was the first time you got accepted by a club after trials? Uh well, I got to you know, I'm not quite sure whether you know this club called Gibraltar Crescent. Gibraltar mm-hmm. Crescent I think is is based in Sambawang mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. Amirati area. It was uh it was a very local club. Uh, and it was, it was just a very, you know, like a village team. Mm-hmm. It was a mix of, uh, uh, people who stays around there and people who are, 
of different backgrounds coming together. So I was I was staying in Balestier Road at that time. So I had to take an MRT all the way to Khatib MRT and then uh, walk for about 15 minutes to uh, to a void deck with, where there's a public view. Okay. So I got accepted. I, I, I think I got to thank um, Arvindran, who was, a, who was a coach, youth coach at that time. I think he spotted me and gave me uh, a chance to play a youth football okay. under 19. So it was the same team as uh, Joseph Parkinson. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, which year was this? <sighs> wow. How old were you? I, I was uh, 18, 19 years old. 18, so it was an under-19 tournament mm -hmm. uh, that we took part that particular year. So that, that squad was assembled for the under-19, FAS under-19 tournament. So I, I remember we, we, are, we are like a bit of a Rojak team, right? With different, uh, different type of players put together mm -hmm. by Gibraltar Crescent. And we reached the final to meet Emirati. Mm -hmm. And the whole Emirati was the national under-20 team, okay. which is people like yeah. Adi Iskandar, Fami Abdullah, you know. So, so that whole team was just uh, the, the national team at that time. <laughs> so, so I think we, we did uh, pretty good to, to go all the way to finals. Mm -hmm. from, from there, how did you go on to make uh, your first appearance in the S-League proper at the time? Well, S-League, I got to give it to, uh, to, to Sundram Muti. Okay. Uh, so I um I joined Jurong, uh Jurong FC um after NS. Well, after NS, I I I joined uh Samoan Rangers, mm -hmm. and I didn't. And that's when the S League uh started. Okay. That was nineteen ninety six, I think. Ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven, and uh I didn't get a chance to break into the first team, so. And I could understand why uh, Coach Tempe was very, uh, was was uh, was very focused on getting the team to do well because it was the the first year of the S League mm -hmm. and most team wants to do well. So at that time I was still uh, quite young, and it wasn't very. Um, I think uh, he wasn't very adverse to to raise a, a young player onto the field. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get much uh, playing time. Uh, so I. I stopped playing for half a year. I was a bit uh, discouraged by the league and by the sports itself. And I was questioning myself, why do I still want to play the game? Uh, but, but I think uh, eventually, I, I, I think the love for the game and the fact that when I was in NTU, I was studying uh, engineering, which is a boring course. So I tried to find <laughs> things to do. And I went back to football because mm -hmm. of that. And it was in Jurong. NTU is in in the west side, so um, makes a lot of sense in terms of logistics. So I, I, I got back to to Jurong. I, I went for trials again, you know, um, and I got in. And at that time, the coach was uh, a uh, a Scott, uh, Jimmy Pearson. Mm -hmm. So he he liked me uh, because of you know the way I play. We I'm a very simple player wins the ball, distributes mm -hmm. the ball, works out on the field. So I think he he see that attribute in me. So he he got me into the team. Mm -hmm. And I think two years later, Sundram took over. And I think Sundram really gives me the uh, the first team break when the team moves from uh, uh, from Gombak Stadium to Jurong East Stadium. Mm -hmm. So that stadium is 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 was beautiful at that time. It was a new stadium and and one of the best pitch I ever played. And yeah, so so Sundran gave me 
gave me that, that opportunity. The so, so when you say that Sundram gave you the opportunity, was that when you realized that uh, you are better than you think that you are and you realize that you could make a career out of this? Did you feel that way? Not, not really because I, I, I think at that time, the team badly needed a right back. Okay. Right? And I'm not a right... I, I, I'm, I'm more of a wing player, attacking player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess at that time, you know, I, I really want to break into the first team and I, I'm willing to adapt. So I see that as opportunity as a right back, as a, you know, a, a position where I can kickstart, you know, more playing time on the field. So I, I, I took the challenge when, when Sundram said, I need a right back, who is able to do it? And, and I just said, you know, um, coach, why don't I have a go at this position? I will listen to your instructions. Let me have a go. And, and he did. So he gave me the opportunity to play right back. And I think I did a pretty pretty decent job. Okay. Yeah. So you started your career as not even a centre mid? No, no, no not at all. <laughs> I started, started as- my career as a centre forward like all <laughs> school students, right? We always want to play. We want to end up scoring yeah. all the goals. Then you realise, hey, there are other better strikers. <laughs> <laughs> so you they de- move back. De- degrade yourself, you know. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't start off with a uh, central midfielder. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I, I think, at the at the professional uh, environment, I would say right back, okay. right. Didn't like the position, but you know, if you are a good player, you can play anywhere. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so I started off from there, and mm-hmm. I think slowly you you gain that confidence, yep. and the coach starts to believe in you, and perhaps that that has you know that that gives him the uh, confidence to move me into other critical position. So, so was it at um, Jurong that you were moved into other positions? Yes, yes. So so after scoring a couple of goals on the right from the right <laughs> back, so I guess uh, Sundrams finally sees that okay, maybe I have that confidence to to hold um, a, a holding midfielder role, mm. and and I, I I love that role because which position in in the field gets to play against the best player of, of the opponents. <laughs> so so I, I really thrive on that role because I, I really psych myself to uh, that I'm able to protect the players, uh, protect the, uh, the defense line. At the same time, you are able to, uh, you know, dictate um, the pace of the game. Mm. So, so I, I like that, that position. So I, I think, I think, um, I think ever since I, I played that position, I'm sort of cement myself in, as the you know uh, anchor man mm-hmm. for the team. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you spent three years at uh, three to four years at at uh, Jurong. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I I think so. And I, and, and this was all the while uh, while studying at NTU. Yeah, that th- that's correct. You so know? how was the scheduling like for you? Like, what time do you end school, and then do you go straight for training? So how do you balance both at that time? Uh, well, it, I think it's, uh, you know, it's some, somehow it fits perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Schools are in the day, in the daytime. Okay. So there isn't any night school, uh, there is, but it's, it's more for the part-timer, not full-time students. Mm-hmm. So typically school finish about four, four plus. So I think, you know, you get really restless, you know, in the uni, you, 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 you tr- try to meet up with friends and, and then sometimes you do silly stuff and, you know, you go drinking and, and stuff like that. But, but my 
energy and my time was really channeled to, to football. And I, I'm grateful for that because uh, that has taught me a lot more things than just wasting your, your years away in drinking and, and, and stuff like that. But, but it, it was, uh, I, I must say, you know, it, it, it gives, it's a good um, avenue to, to let out the stress that you have in the day. And I'm always looking forward to, to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And to to cherish that end of the day, you probably have to work hard in in the day. So you 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 look forward to to the the soccer training, and that's when you expend all your energy. And by the by the time the training ends, you'll be too tired to <laughs> to do anything else, yeah. <laughs> right? So so you just rest and get ready for the next day. So so would you say that in any way football affected your studies at all? Because you just said you know after training you're you're so tired, right? So how do you do your homework, your assignments and, and whatnot. How does that happen? I, I think it's a myth that, you know, people say that, you know, when you play soccer, you cannot, you cannot study or you can, if you study, you cannot play soccer. I, I, I think it's, it's a myth. I think it's a mental uh, mindset that you need to set to yourself mm-hmm. because I think once you go into, uh, I mean, be anything that you do, when you go into a battle and thinking you're going to lose, you will lose, mm-hmm. right? So if you go into a mindset thinking that, I'm going to study, I'm going to play football, something is going to give, right? So I think it's, it's a mindset that you, you know that this is, this, is, this is possible, right? Mm. And you just have to cite yourself every day to tell yourself that this is, this is what you're going to do, right? No excuses, right? Doesn't mean you study harder, your soccer is going to be better. No, right? You, your, your study is not going to improve either. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a mindset that you have to tell yourself. And I think it's, it's, it has been proven that uh, you, you can do it. Top athletes in US are, are trained in both ways. So why can't um, local uh, athletes or, or, or local students do it? But would you understand the perspective of an average parent right now who says that you can't actually do both at the same time and excel in both areas. So if let's say, I, if I gave you an, a, a platform to speak to these parents who think that it's not possible to balance both, what would you tell these parents to so-called encourage their kids to play football or, or take up sports at the same time, give their all in their studies? I, I think, you know, one, one strong advice to, to this group of parents is that you, you want your kids, ultimately you want your kids to be happy. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think... Uh, uh, today's world is very different from yesterday's world or even my time, right? Uh, because uh, we, we got to understand the, the um, you know, my parents' generation, right? That, that was, uh, you know, after independence, there, there is, you know, there is a, a lot of uh, emphasis on, on education because they, they weren't so well off at that time. But I think today uh, we are living in an in, in age where we are very globally connected, right? I think uh, doesn't mean you go through the a good education system today is going to get you anywhere because the world is moving uh, so fast today that uh, perhaps what you study today may not be relevant, you know. And you know, by the time you you graduate, so I, I think that is. But I, I think what is is important is for uh, true sports, the the kids is able to learn certain soft skills, teamwork, right, a perseverance failures, mm-hmm. disappointment, right? All this needs to be, you know, can be taught in, in, in sports, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very critical, right? How you bounce up 
you know, after you fall, yep. you know, this, this, this is, this is a kind of uh, environment where sports really can, can play a part. And I can tell you this, th I, I learned a lot of all this, right. Um, to sports itself, because today I'm still playing sports and, and I, I still learn from it. Okay. I mean, I, I took recently, I took out tennis. I'm, I'm, I'm crap at it, but, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I, I, I'm learning a new sports and I need to start from scratch. You know, so I, I, is is and and this is this is a this is a what we call uh, an, an a motivation to 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 you know lifelong learning. So you always have to learn things, and yeah, this this helps me. Uh, sports has um able to you know teach me a lot of mm -hmm. all this stuff. So I assume you encourage your own kids to take up sports as well. Yes, I, I think uh, they, they should take out sports because um, the sports is, is not only keep, keeping them uh, fit physically, but I think it's also, you know, trains them mentally as well. So I think today, kids today are, are sport for choices, mm. right? So I, I, there are a lot more avenues out there, uh, you know. Uh, I, I recently learned that an influencer and a YouTuber is... is probably be better paid than some uh, <laughs> university grad. Right? So think twice about just getting a degree because, mm -hmm. you know, a YouTuber and an influencer probably earns much more than that. Right? But but that's, that's besides the point about, yeah. you know, uh, earn, earning money because yep. I think that there is a lot more than just uh, monetary re uh, returns. Okay. When when we talk about uh, the S-League, one club that was famous back then was Woodlands Wellington. Uh, Perhaps, of course, they're not not uh, around right now. But when we speak about Woodlands Wellington, uh, one name that gets connected to the club is, of course, yourself. And you spent quite a, a, a number of years right there. Uh, what are your best memories uh, after joining Woodlands? Because I, from what I've read, uh, you did join them after graduation. And this was uh, while you were balancing it with your first work, am I right? Yeah, I, I was... Um, um well, I, I I managed to change job, <laughs> okay. you know, uh, when when I was uh, after I graduated, mm -hmm. so I met, I, I was with uh, creative technology, so okay. I was in creative technology, uh, and at the same time playing for Jurong, and then I I left creative technology. I I joined a sports school as an IT administrator, and that's when I joined Woodlands Wellington, and you know. Is is all at Woodlands area, mm. so that that helps in terms of my logistics. <laughs> Again, logi <laughs> logistically, yeah. yeah. So so it, it it helps me. So um um kind of plan plan out my my route, right? And Woodlands Wellington was was a was I think where I really stood out as a as a as a footballer where I mature uh, as a player who is able to um you know, bring myself to the next level, which is to lead a team and to um, play the game at a higher level. But again, yeah. all this was as a part-time footballer. And this must have been because the companies that you worked for also allowed you to, to play football at the same time. So how much of a support were, were the companies that you're working with at that time? And also, did you ever pause to think that uh, maybe I should just quit my job and play football full-time? Do you ever have to make that decision? Uh, not not really. I think because uh, most of the training, I mean, these, these you know, athlete clubs, so-called professional clubs, most of them train only once a day. Okay. Mm. So, technically, it's not really a, a full-time, you don't really need a full-time mm. uh, job. 
to okay. to play football. You know, you you can be a part timer because mm. you work in the day and then night you you uh, you play play the play the sports and you train equally hard as the professional players. So, I I I don't. I, I don't feel that uh, you know it should be dependent on the company, right? Uh, most company, uh, creative, was not aware that I was playing football. Uh, I got to take my own leave to to travel with the national team mm -hmm. to to play, uh, which is which is okay. I think this is sacrifice, and mm -hmm. so that's not too bad. Uh, so your bosses didn't know that you were playing for the national team. Well, not. Such um yeah, immediate <laughs> bosses they know, but uh, not the big bosses, and I think they are not really a fan. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they are all more business driven. So how did that play out? Your did you overuse your leaves or? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you travel a lot. Well, uh, uh, I think uh, at some point, you know, if you 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 can take uh, no pay leave, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So, but you you're right because uh, you know you it affects your career mm. advancement because you yep. you you're not in the office you know, and sometimes people see you as you know um, you know uh, focusing on other stuff rather than the real work itself. <laughs> mm -hmm. But but I think that's um, <coughs> I make it a point that I I going to focus more on my sports. Because uh, because it's it's a it's a uh, the the lifespan of a sporting career is short. Sure, yeah. yeah. So I, I I tell myself that I have to go, have to put uh, a bit more focus on this and try to reach as far as I can. When you say that. you want to reach as far as you can, did you think about the national team? Uh well, I um I always wanted to, you know, be on the same pitch, uh, as Ling Tong Hai, Stephen Tan, and. David Lee, Sundramuti, Fandiyama, Maliawa on the same pitch playing at the same level. So I I want to, um, I definitely want to be at that level. Uh, but I never thought that I could reach that level. Um, but you, you, you never know, you know, where you, you know, where your true talents is until mm. someone tells you where you are, mm -hmm. you know. But of course, sometimes there will be setbacks you really doubt whether you can make it at that level. But, you know, you just have to persevere and then once you reach that level, you 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 feel very accomplished. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the day did arrive when you were called up to the national team eventually. Uh, talk to us more about that, you know, who gave you the call-up? How did the call-up arrive? And how did you feel generally when you were called up to the national team? Well, it was, I think I was playing for Jurong FC uh, at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was, I think I was still on the right back position. <laughs> and uh, I, um, Yen Poulsen was the national coach at that time. Uh, he called me up uh, for the first game against New Zealand. New Zealand. Mm. And, and I still remember the game because we won, I think, 3-0. But I don't think we can beat New Zealand 3-0 these days. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was then. Mm. You know, we, we were... New Zealand was, uh, you know, <laughs> weren't very good in, mm -hmm. in the sports and we were considered a better team. So, so that was my, my, my break into my first cap against New Zealand. It was, uh, it was, it was you know, I, I, I felt uh, very honoured to, to wear the, the, the jersey and I, I still have that jersey and I still have that medal uh, or that friendly match. Uh, and I 
you know, cherish the moment and I really like that that feeling of representing your country on 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 the field. Did that vindicate your decision to uh continue playing football and study at the same time? Did you feel like, you know, you proved your 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 parents right who allowed you to 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 play football at the time? Did you feel, you know, that uh, this is an example for other people to follow as well when you got the national team call up. Uh, not not really. I I don't think I don't think that much at the time. I think uh, you know, I I tend to think ahead rather than trying to prove other people wrong. But mm-hmm. I, I just thinking that now I'm in this position. So how, uh, how best can I make the best out of this position? Mm-hmm. Right? How do I, uh, perform at a level where I can be a a, a regular feature in the, in the in the first team? Mm-hmm. So try to you know, improve myself so that I can uh, continue to contribute in the team. So make yourself useful in the team. Talking yeah. about um, Jan Paulsen, and there, there were a lot of um, criticisms of him because of his time with the national team and then the funny loss to Malaysia. How was he as a coach and what do you think went wrong when, uh, as, uh, when he was with the national team? Uh, I, I don't think he did. Uh, and it, I mean, I, of course, I wasn't involved in in the whole uh, whole setup because I, mm. I I think besides national coach, he was also involved in the development of the youth mm. squad and stuff yeah. like that, right? Um, I mean, personally, he is he's he's a great guy, mm. right? He has uh, of course has the relevant credentials to be a, a national coach. I mean, he was also involved in the uh, Danish youth team, so he is. He has that experience, has that mm. knowledge to to bring football, you know, to to a a, a right level, and I, I was I was just grateful that he 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 called me up, uh, and it was just unfortunate that you know results did not turn out the way it is, uh, you know, one bad results could cost I mean <laughs> cost his job, and it's unfortunate that that um. That at that time, uh, the the pressure to perform is is great. Yeah. I I can see that he he really want to do well for Singapore football, mm-hmm. but uh, but Singaporean expect quick results. Yeah. So so I think this is very uh this is, and they are very impatient. So they want mm-hmm. to see results immediately, but I think in realize we do know that that is you know this is almost like a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And under him, the, the national team club came uh, at 2001 and you were 27 if I'm not wrong. Was that correct? Uh, Probably in the later stages of, of, of your career, twenty after 25, you would say? Yes. So I, I think I was like 27, 28 mm-hmm. around. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- why is that? So why was it that it was only at that age that you got the club? Do you feel like it's the case of being a late bloomer or or you were not quite recognized before before that age? Uh, I, I, I would just, you know, pin, uh, point, I mean, I would just say that this is it's probably due to, you know, opportunities given. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of time you really need to uh, continue to put yourself out there to, to market yourself better, right? Giving yourself opportunity to shine, right? So... So that that's uh perhaps when I was younger I I wasn't very you know no matter how hard I try I can't can't get into the scouts you know notice mm-hmm. right because I'm you know typically I'm a a, a defensive midfielder it's a very simple role mm-hmm. right very mm-hmm. simple player mm-hmm. 
who gets the ball, play the ball, moves, right? Not very prominent. So um, I, I, I guess it's, it's all up to, you know, um, a bit of luck. Mm -hmm. and also, but, but you never felt like giving up at any point? Uh, at some point, yes, but I think um, you know it is. Uh, it, it takes a couple of days to get over the disappointment, and then you know there there you go again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think that's a very typical human human nature. Mm -hmm. So people feel down, want to give up, you know. But you know, give a couple of days to 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 rest that off, and then you know you go back up again, and and you know be the be the fighter that you you know you can be. So what would you have done differently? To, to attract the scouts, <laughs> because I, you mentioned I think, I, I think being today, in the limelight. I think today, uh, the the scouting system is more. Uh, I I I I I I do not know. I mean, <laughs> I I do hope that the scout system can be improved, mm. so that hopefully can identify, uh, you know, hidden talents, right? Um, but I I think a lot got to do with the um the individual. You know, mm. not not so much on the skill set, but how a player pick himself up, you know, uh, on the field. That that kind of attribute that you want to be in your team, mm -hmm. because this rubs on to the rest of the players, you know, things like that. He a, a player, a, a a young player or a young boy may not have that that the 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 best of skills, mm. you know, best haters or what, but but he has a lot of uh, um, you know motivational spirit and, 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 you know, he's able to push the team and, and gets up, you know, and go on. So I think that coaches needs to identify this mm -hmm. kind of players because I think eventually these players will be motivated to, to do well. Mm -hmm. And this will create a very positive uh, spirit in the team mm -hmm. that, that you tell yourself that you can do it. You know, I think this is, this is what I think is needed in in the in the future of 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 sports. Mm -hmm. We before the the show we were talking about how you know you were part of the the golden era of the national team, the golden years I would say. And right now we we truth be told we are not having the best of time mm. as a as a in a national team in in a sense. Although I would say that the future is promising. <laughs> of course, yeah, the, the future is promising. But you know, one of the things that we often talk about uh, when addressing and analyzing why our national team has fell off is the fact that our talent pool has decreased mm. and we we don't have as many Chinese, as many Indian footballers mm. as we had in the past. Uh, of course, you yourself, you know, you were, you were a symbol for the Chinese footballers in Singapore at that time. Uh, could you maybe give a background of why you do you think in your perspective, in your opinion, we do not have as many Chinese footballers playing the sport at the moment? Well, this this question has been asked, you know, to, to me a, a lot of times, you know, but and and I and I tell uh, I I could give you a different answers to it, <laughs> but you know, after really, you know, after give, you know, thinking about it for for a very long time, you know, I don't see myself as a Chinese player to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I think in on the field, I think there is no race on on yeah. the field. To, on the field, you are basically playing for a team, right? Be a school team or national team of a club. So there, there isn't that, okay, you got to play to the Malay player or you got to, after the Malay player, you got to play to the Indian player and then play to, you know, it's, it's not like a, 
a, a sequential kind of football. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's you play it as a team, as the, as the, as how you are taught to play. So I I don't see myself as a as a Chinese player. I'm I'm just happen happen to be a Chinese player in in a in a in a, in a very uh, Malay dominant uh, sports. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean doesn't make me any special. Okay. We still have to compete, you know, as an individual on the field. So, uh, I, yeah. So, so I, I think the game, the game is is a universal game. Mm-hmm. But would you not agree that if we had more uh, Indians and Chinese in in Singapore playing the sport, we would have a bigger talent pool and therefore might have a more competitive national team? No, I I, I don't think so. I think you know, uh, the fact that we are so focused on creating a professional league, right? You totally neglected another pool of players which are the part-timers. Okay. Right? So I think if we if we really want to expand the talent pool, let's open the pool to the part-timers. Mm. Are you telling me that the part-timers are not playing better than the full-timers or the full-time, you know, or the yeah. full-timers are performing much better than the part-timers? I, I don't know. You know? Mm. I don't know. I mean, if you look at what is that team? Iceland? Right? Mm. Yep. It's a bunch of part-timers. Yeah. So they'll make it to the World Cup. So I I I, I don't know. So I I, I think we 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 it's not a, a race thing. I think it's more of uh you know opening up to to uh you know you know different uh uh different levels of uh professionalism. Mm-hmm. So willing to accept players who are not full time, right? Part timers. So, so you good. do feel that uh, more than race, uh, having part-timers being involved in the whole setup and in the league uh, would increase our talent pool. You, you strongly believe in that? Yeah, I, I think if you look at every weekend you, before the circuit breaker, if mm-hmm. you go and look at every pitch, you could see so many type part-timers playing out on the pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, those are another pool of players, right? That you, that, that you can look at. Right? Okay. And I... Are they better than full-timers? I, I think some of them are, are quite good players. So you're saying that I have a chance to be in the national team? <laughs> I've not seen you. Personally, I've not seen you play. But uh, yeah, you do fall into the part-time zone. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's, let's see what you can do with the ball, right? <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, some of our former players don't have an, a club to play for and they are also part-time, part-timers now. Mm-hmm. So what I think what you say is true. And we need the part-timers too to, to you know, expand the talent pool. But, but could you share with us, why do you think is it, uh, the, the, the FAS or the football body doesn't want to involve the part-time players? Do you think there's a reason for that? Well, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do not know why uh, they, wanna, they don't want to do that. But perhaps, um, perhaps they have a different view of, um, you know, to, to try to make the sports more appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, you know, if I go back to my time when I was uh, uh, studying and I still remember the Singapore Business House League, mm. right? And I, I, I really liked that because I was playing for SPH uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And some of the players like T, T, uh, Terry Puffernarden, uh, was uh, was working in SPH and he was playing for uh, the SPH for the, the Singapore Business House and then I think he was playing for a club level, playing for the national team as well. So he, 
it was pretty much you know playing football every, every day and mm-hmm. and and I think you know it's is is a it's a good uh, scheme to have because uh, that whole business house is able to create at least uh, some assurance that once a player retires from the game, well, he he sees himself as a, a another contributor to the companies that he was playing for, mm-hmm. right? So, I I I was I I hope that uh, the the Singapore Business House League eventually can can grow to a, a a level to basically replace the S League, so to say. I mm-hmm. I, I I think uh, I I like that because I I, I could imagine. Uh, you know, a, a local telco derby between M1 versus Singtel. <laughs> and yep. if you get a, if the Singtel CEO, you know, I'm quite sure everybody will go down and watch because mm-hmm. the CEO is there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All the employees will go down and watch. <laughs> Not that they beat like prices, the sports, but, you on the right? <laughs> but, but, but I, I think you, 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 you get crowd, right? You get local rivalry between telcos. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have the shipyards, Keppel and mm. Sam Corp. You know, we we have all this. You know, even Grab versus Uber. Or I don't know, like some <laughs> sort of uh, this kind of rivalry. Mm-hmm. It, it helps because I don't think the, you know, you don't see Amokyo and Yochu come fighting over, yeah. um, over a football match. Yes. but you do see people are more, uh, loyal to a brand, and perhaps uh, yeah, a brand. A brand that is is recognizable in Singapore context. Mm-hmm. So in general, what you're saying is privatize the league, get companies to yes, <laughs> and and this this will uh, um this will encourage, well this will address the parents who has who still have this myth thoughts that mm. you know you cannot do studies and and, mm. and sports right because through sports now you can get you know uh, um you know leak into the the the, uh, the organization mm-hmm. because you. After your sporting career, you could look into some sort of a customer customer yeah. service or logistics support within a company structure, yep. mm-hmm. and that creates you know a ease of mind that um, that the parents will have over the kids. That's quite a, quite an eye opening suggestion, yeah. I would say. I've not really <laughs> heard this in, in recent times, especially the semi pro part. Yep, <laughs> and, be, and this is all because of the fact that you were a semi professional player and you have that perspective. Yep. Uh, so would moving, you say you are you instead of being a champion of Chinese players, you're champion of semi-pro players. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? If if I'm champion of the part-timers, you, you know I, I will attract a lot of big big following, right? Yes. <laughs> because you just look at the, over the weekends uh, the number of players on the pitch. Mm. That's true. And, yeah. and and I think I I as a weekend warrior, uh I have to say, you know, there's like like you mentioned, there's so many talented players who play on a Sunday, who play on a Saturday yeah. that sometimes you do feel like this guy could actually cut it in the, in yeah. the local league. So yeah, I agree with you mm. with you on that. Uh, and also one thing that I want to ask is, uh, when you were playing in the national team, uh, did you did you feel that in any way you were treated differently because of the fact that you were a Chinese footballer in a Malay-dominated sport? Did you ever feel that coaches saw you differently or in any sense? Uh, n- no, actually. No, not, not really. I, I don't feel any special. I don't feel marginalized you know mm. i don't feel of any sort you know I, I think i think what you know fas or the team or the team manager creator was a very family uh kampong 
spirit, mm-hmm. which I think today I I still think about it and was such a nice thoughts to hang around, you know, with with uh, everyone in in the team, Malays, Indians, mm-hmm. Eurasian. You know, we we sit down and we make jokes and we we <laughs> we uh, you know, we play pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. You who, know, who are some of your best mates in the national team? Uh, I, I think AD, AD Skanda, uh, Subramani, Lionel okay. Lewis, mm-hmm. Siva Kuma, Pandi, you know, all these uh, players that, that are, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, to have them around. Mm-hmm. Especially Pandi when he was a, he, was, he comes in as a as an interim coach or mm-hmm. assistant coach, you know, because he's the reason why I, I wanted to play soccer for mm-hmm. Singapore and, and, you know, sitting down during dinner table and listen to his stories in the past where you were one when you were the spectators not knowing the you know the insights the, 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 the insights yeah. of the dressing room kind of mm-hmm. uh, commotions and all so it was it was really uh, uh, interesting for me okay yeah. did you ever get any uh, overseas offers while you were playing uh, football in singapore no, no, no. I, 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 I didn't get an opportunity. Unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately, not. Unfortunately. But, yeah. <laughs> but one, one thing you got to experience was playing against Manchester United and Liverpool when they came here. Correct. Could yep. you talk to us more about the experiences playing against these guys who I'm sure you were watching weekly on on the television. Yeah, it was a it was a surreal feeling, mm-hmm. right? Experience, and uh, that's why I want to talk about that that jersey <laughs> that you're wearing over there. Uh, I, yeah. So so when you came, I think it was in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. right? So it was a star started team. It was one of the best team in Europe. So just if you Google uh, Gotat Chuan on uh, if you Google him, you can actually find a picture of him attempting to tackle uh, Roy Keane. I'm not sure if you actually made the tackle, <laughs> but uh, there's a picture of him trying to get to Roy Keane. Well, yes, trying, <laughs> th- that's the word, trying to get him. So I, I, so that pictures, you know, um, shows that at least I had a touch on him, mm-hmm. right? Because literally you can't touch these guys on the pitch because these guys are so fast, right? The movement is, is the movement of the ball is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys are, are so-called, you know, I, I would call them superhumans. Mm-hmm. Right, because I think you need to reach that fitness level to to able to run nonstop off the ball. Mm-hmm. Right, is is phenomenal. I I have never seen anything like that. It was such a it was it was a it was a humbling experience <laughs> and it was such a surreal experience because I remember you know in the dressing room when Ian Poulsen was putting up the the lineup and you, <laughs> you could see you know all all the men, <laughs> menu players you know, uh, listed on the pitch and who is supposed to do what. Mm-hmm. And we look at it and say, hey, this is like a uh, championship manager, you know, you play the computer <laughs> game, championship manager and, and this looks just... just <laughs> who who were the two central midfielders you, you were up against in that game? It Roy was, Keane and? It was Roy Keane and Paul Scholes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very close fight. <laughs> I mean, Paul Scholes and Roy Keane, mm-hmm. they, they are very good players. Were you a United yeah. fan? I was a big fan of United, but that day changed everything. <laughs> Why is that so? Because Fabian Bates went in ah, as an outfield player. <laughs> so to me, that was... Uh, but I'm glad that uh, I think I, I only lasted one, one half for that. Mm-hmm. Because that, that, whole, that whole comedy show was uh, happens towards the last 15 minutes or so. He was playing on the yeah. left wing, right? 
I don't know. I think I think, it, I think if I was still on the pitch, you know, I would have just went for his leg and, and got myself sent off. Mm-hmm. And be, done a favor be, for be famous for the rest of my life for for ending uh, for Fabian Barthes. You, you felt you felt that Singapore is being disrespected. Is that safe? I, to I felt that you there's no need for you to to do something like mm-hmm. this. I mean, you are a top club in Europe. Uh, yes, you won't, you don't want to see the you know the lighter side of things, but. I think there are other better things to 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 do, right? I think Fervin Bates is 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 a quite a funny guy. I mean, he is uh, he he can pull down his pants and run down the stadium. I think that would be a you know much a, uh, mm-hmm. a, a bigger show. Mm-hmm. But I think to go in as an outfield player when you are a goalkeeper is I I, I didn't see the the funny side of funny it. Funny side mm-hmm. of it. I, mm-hmm. I I I think from that point I I I. I became a fan of football in general. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I it left I, a sour taste in your mouth, basically. Yeah, it's is is uh, no matter what you do, you 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 never you never do that uh, mm-hmm. to uh, no matter how you wanna uh, you know uh, see see things are uh, and, and you should mm-hmm. always respect your your opponent. Opponents, yep. And and I think this is something that you always want to teach um uh you know the youngest players. Mm-hmm. You know, even mm-hmm. today I I I think you know, I I personally think celebrating a goal to me is not a necessity mm-hmm. or excessively celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those showmanship. I, I I think scoring a goal, just a pat, handshake, and get on with it. Mm-hmm. What I about think, the Alan Shearer celebration? Uh, that <laughs> I was, mean, that's minimal. <laughs> that that is perfect because that that is just acknowledge that I scored a goal, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, and but not not a not a kind of like you know doing some funky moves and you know I mean it, it's so I assume you're not the biggest of uh, Paul Pogba fans uh, I on, honestly I, I I do not know who he is okay. until I read about him mm-hmm. so so he's a big uh, uh, he, he likes stri- to dance uh. yeah, he dances a lot yeah dances save lot, it for yeah. the dance floor you know <laughs> the, the field is where where the man plays football I mean yeah, so I, <laughs> he's rocking on and off the pitch exactly <laughs> Yeah, so Roykin, Roykin is now a pundit on, on Sky Sports, the uh, the channel in UK, and he he often doesn't like when players do yeah. these kind of things on the pitch. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. It's, it's so him because yeah. because this guy, Roykin, I can tell you, this Roykin is, is a tough competitor. And, like, and I love him for that because it does not matter who you are. You could be Singapore, probably... You know, lowest of rank of mm. you know of of, of football nations, mm-hmm. but when he plays on the pitch, he just he gives you exactly what he gives to to any of the Premiership mm. players. Mm-hmm. I remember I was, you know, testing for a place in in the in the, uh in the in the middle of the the box where I think David Beckham was trying to swing a a, a curler inside, mm-hmm. and he he was you know he just gave me a nudge in my stomach before he runs off to meet the ball. Mm-hmm. And that is how competitive he, he does not, he, he didn't care who, who is the opponent. Mm-hmm. Right? Big play, big names, small names. That's the way he is. And I truly respect the way he is mm-hmm. because he, that's, that's one, you, that's what you want to see in the opponent. Respect mm-hmm. and play the game the way it should be played. Mm-hmm. And you also had the opportunity to play against Liverpool? Yes, I I had um well I think I have a short period of uh, um time in in that match. Okay. I, I yeah, I, 
but I, I think the Man U impression was very strong with me. Sorry about Liverpool fans, but <laughs> I, I, I know all Liverpool fans are... <laughs> It's okay. Uh, they're they're more than happy their songs right now. now but <laughs> but exactly. yeah, yeah. But I think the band you match uh, stands out for me mm-hmm. uh, 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 more. But I think the Liverpool fan was uh, was the match was not too bad. I think Michael Owens was was in the team. Mm-hmm. I think Robbie Fowler was also there. Yeah, that was Julia's team, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I I I, I like the the um the Liverpool team. They are a bit more gentleman and mm. a bit more classy. Uh, Classic, yes. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, in the national team, uh, the best memories, uh, I would assume, was of course the 2004 uh, AFF Championship. So what are your best memories uh, from that tournament? I think the, 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 the memories I got from that Tiger Cup, that, that squad, is, is that no one gave us a chance. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we were underdogs. We... I don't know. I mean, we weren't we weren't expect to to do well. I think, uh, and it's it's amazing that how the team came together and built from strength to strength as we progress in the tournament. Because I I I can I I could you know I could still feel the the way we walk out uh, on the finals of the Tiger Cup, and I knew we we're gonna win it because mm. the the whole team was so. Um, solid in terms of team spirit and the self-belief in the team. Mm-hmm. Even though we, when we go to uh, uh, Sanayang Stadium to play against a very hostile Indonesian team, but there was no doubt in my mind that we're going to win this Tiger Cup because of the momentum we built from uh, from the round robin all the way to to the final. So I I like um, I, I sense that that, that that uh, uh, team spirit uh, in that year. And I really like that feeling. Would you say that was the best uh, year in terms of your own uh, performance? Do you think that that was the peak? Uh, in in terms of national level, yes, I think that that is. And, and I think I was uh, already reaching perhaps in my 30s, mm-hmm. uh, reaching 30, 30 years old. And that was... Yeah, so, so I would guess that in terms of national level, that would be my mm-hmm. uh, the highest level. And was that also down to who you were playing with alongside uh, in, the, in the middle of the park? Uh, yes, it was uh, uh, Hasrin Jalani. Jalani, okay. Yeah, so he's he's very good player. I think we we complement each other a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, equally hard player, hardworking as well, distributes the ball well, works hard run back and cover the back line, support the front line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are very similar and we are very strong in the engine area. Okay. So, yeah. And and that was 2004. And uh, of course, moving on two years later, uh, the moment that I'm sure you know what I'm, what I'm going to ask you about was in 2006, uh, you know, just before uh, Asian Cup qualifier against Iraq, uh, you were dropped from the national team and that was the last time we saw you playing for, for the national team. Uh, and of course, the, the basic question I want to ask is what actually happened? Uh, um, and of course, at this moment, you know, do you regret what happened? Uh, no, I, I, I'm typically a very forward-looking person. Okay. I, I think uh, I do believe that things happen for a reason. And mm-hmm. I think I just like to take it in stride and, and move forward. And I think on high side, 
that is probably a, a, a good wake up uh, point uh, uh, waking, uh, wake up point for me to 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 tell my I mean, to to uh, remind myself that you know your things can just happen uh, at, at a very short period of time and that that totally you know alter your your path totally so you 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 know that this is going to be short lived mm -hmm. and and I think on high side that happened and gets me thinking and and plan what I want to do in the future mm -hmm. so um, but what really happened was, I mean, it was as it has been already been reported. I mm -hmm. I, I broke a curfew, mm -hmm. uh, but I think the curfew was was uh, that I went back to look after my my wife. Okay, was your wife was ill. Uh, she has a big. Uh, she has a, a stomach pain and okay. and and. But I think I I did not tell the official that I'm going back. Uh, I I took responsibility for for not informing them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I. But I, I guess I didn't deserve that that kind of reaction from from the coach. Mm -hmm. But he has his reasons for making that decision. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I stood my by my ground, and I don't think I, I, it's against my principle to 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 do things that I don't feel is right. Mm -hmm. And so, just for context, so I think uh, from what I read, uh, Coach Radi actually uh, requested that you apologize to the team for for breaking the curfew. For being uh, seven minutes late, right? Uh, actually, I, I, <laughs> the details I'm not sure, but I, I know I broke the curfew, mm -hmm. and, and you were I, asked to apologize, and I would only put only me to to apologize to the whole team for, uh, for breaking the curfew. Mm -hmm. Well, I obviously know there are some other players in the team who broke the curfew, so mm -hmm. so I, 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 I think he just want to make a point mm -hmm. to 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 the entire team and. And I and I and I and I don't think it's fair. Mm, hand on heart, if I ask you right now, uh, if you could reverse time, and if I asked you, will you apologize? Would you have changed the decision to apologize? No, I I, I would still I I I live my life with a set of principles that I believe in, and mm -hmm. I until today I have not changed. Mm -hmm. Be it anything that I do, it is a a business decision or that kind of decision. I live my own principle because I think. At the end of the day, you need to be answerable to to yourself, mm -hmm. and I, I, and I, I, I think that I, I, I did the right thing because today I can walk, um, with my head held high, mm -hmm. so not don't like to be held ransom by any decisions. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I was still done done the same thing. How how was your relationship with him, uh, prior to that, and also right now? I would assume you, since then you don't talk to him. I have not been in contact with with him for for a long time. I think mm -hmm. I there was once was uh, I met them uh, met the national team. Uh, uh, that was like maybe about five six years ago. You know, I was going to Vietnam for for my business trip, and and the team was in Vietnam, and we end up taking the same plane, mm. right? So, <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, yeah. Talk about coincidental, right? <laughs> but. But so yeah, so we 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 saw each other. We, uh, you know, we say hi, but I mean, really, there's uh nothing much to 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 talk about. I mean, I was more caught up with catching up with uh, the, 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 the the teammates mm -hmm, and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I I I I wish him well because mm -hmm. I, I think he 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 makes the decision at that point, and I respected that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I I want to look at the positive side of things, which is that that really sets me thinking of mm. 
you know what I should do in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, like we were t- talking about at the start of the show, uh, did that lead to you focusing on your career and also right now where you are right now uh, as a sales director? Do you think uh, it was because of your early retirement uh, which led you to progress in your career? I think, you know, when you are in, in, in a soccer fraternity, you, you tend to be a, uh, you know, in, you, you, if you stay there too long, you're, you're basically, you know, confining yourself to that. Trapped in, mm-hmm. that, in that bubble. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it doesn't matter what you do, but, you know, the knowledge that you have, the experience that you have is, is very conformed to, to the soccer bubble, right? Yep. And, and when you're in there for too long, you know, it's very difficult to get out. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I think that that was the triggering point for me to say, you know, you need to diverse. Don't just look at football career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't looking at the football as a career because I think there's enough of good coaches in, in Singapore and I don't, I, I don't think I want to be in a coach. Right. So I, I, I want, at that time, I want to go into the energy uh, sector. Mm-hmm. So I was just fortunate that at that time, uh, Woodlands Wellington was sponsored by Sam Corp. And Sam Corp EVP Francis Gomez was was a was a big football fan. And and one day in one of the S League match in in a, and we, we were in we were you know in in the, in the dressing room and before I go out to the match and I <laughs> and I told him that you know I, I want to I want to stop playing and I want to work in Sam Cobb, you know? And I think that is when he realized that I have actually has a degree in mechanical engineering. Yeah. I said, whoa, I said, what? You, ha- you have a degree <laughs> engineering? Okay. So, so I think that's, um, you know, that, you know, he, he opens up the door for me to go into the energy sector, which mm. is Sam Cobb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ever since, you know, that, that takes me to a different, uh, different world altogether. Okay. Yeah. So maybe a, a brief line or two on what do you actually do in your current role? So I I, I basically, you know, um, advocate um, and uh, propose um, renewable solutions uh, to energy companies, right? Uh, today, I think the, the, the world is changing and the world needs to decarbonize. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the space of renewable hydrogen. Uh, hydrogen is the number one uh, element in the periodic table mm-hmm. and is in abundance in the universe. Mm-hmm. But you, hydrogen is not from uh, it's not uh, from fossil fuel. It okay. needs to be created, mm-hmm. right? It can be created from water. So when you create from water, it's, it's a green hydrogen, and that hydrogen can be used to power uh, vehicles. It can be used to power electricity. It can basically power anything. Nice. Okay. So, so when that happens, then then the world do not need fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. And when you don't use fossil fuels, then we will have a positive impact to uh, to the environment. Environment. Okay. Uh, yeah. Final question before we end off with a quick fire round is that what were some of the grievances you had with the system, the national team system uh, at that time? Did you feel in any way, it could have been changed and, and whatnot. I, I I you know I I still like the 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 idea of having the part times and the mm-hmm. and the in the business house league, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So um, 
but perhaps at that time when I was playing a, uh, playing the game itself, I wasn't so much focusing on trying to change the systems because, you know, it's not your job as a footballer to try to mm-hmm. change the system. But, but I think after being through that system and coming out, you work in the corporate world, right? And you see, and then when you have kids, you don't have a family, you have the kids, you see their concern and you, you reflect what could be done to to uh, to address that, then you know, then you start to think, you know, perhaps you should do certain things certain way because that can help um, to promote the game mm-hmm. in in a more a uh, holistic way. Because okay. I I think the game definitely has a lot of potential in Singapore, but we just need to you know market it uh, differently. Okay, yeah. as a director of sales, what would you do right now? For the league? Well, I, I would want to, before, you know, before you do any sales, you need to mm. have a, a, a market strategy, mm. right? To, to see where you're going to hit, right? You yep. need to set the mid-term and long-term mm. uh, targets or how you're going to achieve that, right? And subsequently, you need the, you know, uh, follow-up plans to execute that so that you can achieve that mid-term and the long-term. Mm. So, um, I think as, as a, from, from a sales point of view, mm. you, we need to start selling the game, right? Uh, more aggressively to to more um, to to a level where I think common people, weekends players, you know, professional players, any players who are interested in the game believe that Singapore has what it takes to go to the next level, mm. right? Mm. I I think pe- people, you go down the street and ask many of them whether Singapore can make it to World Cup. Uh, in 2030? 2034. 2034. Yeah. Uh, th- 2034. <laughs> you know, many people will be very skeptical about it, mm-hmm. right? But I think if we do not start believing in it, yeah. then we will never get there, right? So that, at least FAS has already set a, a vision that vision, we, yeah. we will go there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that has the government support to, to reach there. So I think what is critical is to set mid-term goals, right? And midterm goals are are not um, not I I think it's more ach- uh, um, achievable, mm-hmm. which means that we must consist- consistently comes up tops in the Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. right? And then we will go into the Asian level. Asian level, we got to be at least top three consistent, mm-hmm. right? Top four, five, mm-hmm. top five. Maybe you have a decent chance of going to the World Cup, mm-hmm. right? But do know that the World Cup scheme is going to get bigger, so which means more slots. So yeah. we need to reach that, that, that level. And how do we reach that level is that we, we need to really, you know, in, expand our pool mm-hmm. of players, mm-hmm. right? Not just focusing on, on just a few and send them for special training, that, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's not going to work. I think we need to have a bigger pool, uh, including the part-timers and all, and get a group of committed coaches uh, who are, has a knowledge and to, you know, come together and for for the for the common cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, before can I just we, yeah sure. sure. <laughs> just one question. Um, you mentioned the transition. Um, after you retired from football, what the transition to the corporate world? What did you have to change about yourself? Did you have to learn to speak better, or did what do you learn? What do you have to change? <laughs> I I think uh I I I didn't really change. Uh much but I, I, I think 
it, it was it was quite a difficult change in terms of uh of you know in, in terms of the physical because you know mm. you're you're so used to training every day mm. right but in the yep. corporate world you you can't you can't train every you day. You were sitting every day. You were, I mean, you, you, were in, you were learning, you know, you were learning. Uh, so it's, the corporate world is, is as such where you, you train your brain muscles a bit more mm. than your physical muscles. Yep. Right? And, and I think at some point you, you also need to uh, uh, tell yourself that, that um, you, you, let's not de- neglect your physical activity as well. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I I I I think it's quite natural to 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 feel apprehensive when you have this drastic change. I, I'm just fortunate that that I was given a chance to to transit, uh, uh to to an energy sector that I I I truly believe mm-hmm. in. So ultimately, is what that what is in you that you believe. Because once you move into something that you believe and have passion about. You you will you will have the energy and so focused on learning about that that industry. Mm. So I think for any of the the footballers out there, I mean, don't be afraid to learn new stuff. I mean, mm. I know that you have been just I mean, been doing football for a longest time, but you know, everyone is learning every uh, something new yep. today. So so don't be afraid. Mm. And and that's one thing I learned about at least in in my company culture, a Norwegian company culture, is mm. that never be afraid to ask and never be afraid to try and fail. Mm. Right? Because this is, this is where you learn. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, likewise to you guys that you guys are doing this podcasting is mm-hmm. fantastic because I think this is where, where you guys can have the opportunity to try and fail and try again. Yep. And, and this is, this is a very good, this, this spells well for the future, mm-hmm. right? The problem is and in my generation, you cannot fail. Yeah. Yeah. There's no space for failure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something got to do with the education system that Singapore needs to have. Okay. That you, you, you need to allow people to fail and try again. Mm-hmm. All right, wonderful. <laughs> good way to end it. But of course, before I let you go, uh, there is a quick fire round. Uh, five questions that I'll need a very quick and immediate answer to. So, uh, first question is, uh, the best teammate that you have had in the S-League? <laughs> oh, wow. Sundramuti. Sundramuti. He was a player coach at that He time. was a player coach. Mm. Okay. Uh, the best teammate that you had in the national team? Uh, Subramani. Subramani. Yes. Tough tackler. And the best coach that you've you, that you have worked with? Sundramuti. Sundramuti. <laughs> okay. And uh, what is one thing from your football career that you'll always be grateful for? The opportunity to meet uh, different people with different backgrounds and that will expose you to different opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm grateful for, I mean, I'm grateful to football for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is, what is your wish for Singapore football? Uh, I, I, <coughs> I wish that Singaporeans can be more patient with with the sports itself, um, and I wish that Singapore football will um, reach to a level where uh, people talk about it uh, with a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for 
coming on the show. Really, really appreciated this conversation that we had with you. And all the best uh, in the future. Thank you. Thanks well, for coming. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it for today's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from former pros, do give us your feedback on our social media platforms on T Final Whistle. Thank you and see you next week.